Are you bored during quarantine and looking for something to watch? Well, stay tuned for this episode where we list our top three streaming service exclusive shows. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of List This, the podcast where we do the listing and you do the listening. The I'm, listening. Stop it. I'm Josh, and always, <laughs> as always, unfortunately, I'm joined by... Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jim. Oh, God, I hope my microphone works this way. It's Wade. <laughs> hey, we, we heard Word. Wade loud and clear. Yes. I'm to a good start, boys. <laughs> It's always a good day when your mic works <laughs> for a Absolutely. podcast. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like we need mics to do a podcast. What do you think? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're, we're 50-50. Uh, it's like apparently we're undecided on that. Which is <laughs> uh, so this week, gentlemen, we're doing uh, – we're trying to help people stuck at home that want something to watch. We're going to list our top three uh, streaming exclusive series serieses serieses can you uh, call them tv series at this point because I, mean, I mean you watch them on your tv but that's not what like a tv yeah i just i like to differentiate because it, there are tv series oh, on yeah. streaming stuff like on streaming services but for this one uh, we wanted to do like produced and made directly through like netflix or hulu or cbs or or amazon yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that so uh, so you don't have to look it up and find, you know, the CBS app, or I guess you do, but <laughs> yeah, stuff like you that you cable normies can't get. Correct. Yeah, because everybody has subscriptions nowadays. I don't even know people that watch cable anymore. <laughs> Fair. That's where I watch my wrestling. Wrestling. But I watch. I get all mine on Hulu. So there you go. I I have my mom record. <laughs> Wednesday nights, and then I just log into her app and watch it. So it's kind of like a mix between TV and like a streaming. streaming. It's streaming cable, yeah. Yeah, streaming weird. streaming pre-recorded. Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. But who would like to go first this week? Because we didn't talk about that before we started recording. <laughs> we almost never do. You kind of just kick it off to one of us and like, hey, do you want to just start this? Uh, okay, Jim, How you. About you? S- oh. Jim, you spoke first. Oh, oh dang. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that this was a competition, but I'm actually super excited for this list. I'm glad to be going first today. So oh, blindly take it. Let's. Oh my God. I'm sorry. My cats are just going nuts. in the. Let's throw things in celebration of going to number three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number three. Hopefully my cats don't disturb us too much, but my number three pick is going to be a uh animated series on netflix um and it's one of probably one of my favorite series now it's uh created by uh matt groening uh it's one of his recent endeavors if you are if you are a fan of futurama then you will be a fan of disenchantment um because it is essentially futurama in the past which is phenomenal man i Um, forgot about that show Oh, it's so good it's such a good show there's you can see some of like in the first season especially you can see the reflections of like you can see who the Fry is of Disenchantment, who the Bender is, who, you know, the Leela is. And you can see the the the, the uh, comparisons to all the different characters. But the second season, man, it really, like, 
goes off in its own direction. It really becomes its own show. And I thought that this was like phenomenally written. Um, and you're left with a cliffhanger at the end of the first season, uh, which is leaving you wanting more. It, it, it's such a good show. It's funny and it's fun to watch. It's, and it's, like I said, it's well-written. Matt Groening is a genius in my opinion. Also does Simpsons, yes, correct? Yes. Yeah, Matt Groening yeah. is part of the guys that does the Simpsons, yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, you know, Matt Groening's got his, you know, he's got his, he, he's got his foot in the, you know, in the world of, of TV shows for years, because Simpsons have been around for, what, well over Forever. 20 Forever. years now? Yeah. <laughs> Since TV was a thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's funny because you mentioned, like, you know who the Fry is, you know who the Bender is, and it's like, mm-hmm. I think the dad of the show is actually Joe DiMaggio, who voiced Bender in the show. Yeah, 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 that is Joe DiMaggio, who voices, yeah, it's fantastic. Yep. I, I, I love Joe DiMaggio. I do enjoy that show because I like I like anything fantasy. I like fantastical mm-hmm. elements and the whole, like, it's almost RPG-ish, but like, this one is, yeah. but like super goofy and like anything like like D, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum where yeah or it's like well, it's like a show if you rolled critical misses every time you rolled <laughs> that's basically what it is yeah uh sorry i meant john dimaggio not... oh yeah sorry joe dimaggio uh, is a baseball player that's <laughs> yeah who is yeah uh not voicing animated characters he could have but uh if yeah if uh so this I, one thing I appreciate too about this show is it breathes new life into these types of, of fantasy roles like you were talking about. Like, you know, because we see Lucy, who's the demon character in this, and the whole race of demons are just you get you get more exposure to them in the second season, and they're they're hilarious. They're funny. They're like probably one of my favorite groups of people. But I mean, with the elves too, like the elves are a different type of yeah. different type of elf of what we normally see. They almost look like goblin type of deals. Um, but Josh, did you know that Lucy is voiced by Eric Andre? I think so, yeah. But what is uh, what is the elf's... Hold on, I'm looking up the elf's name. Uh, it's uh, Elfo. It's Elfo. That's... They literally <laughs> named them like, after like something, you know, something that they're like good That's at or like, you know, yeah. So, oh, yeah, Lucy's a... like the little devil thing. Yeah, the demon. Yeah, the demon that, that goes along with her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 a really funny show. It's a really smart show as well too. And you don't. Uh, yeah. Here you go. Because then you have like you have like ones like Kissy the elf, and she's like, excuse my language here, but she's like the village whore. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's just funny that they name them like you know basically what they what they are essentially like what they're like famous for, what they're like, you know, like their their occupation is or whatever. Yeah. I like it. I don't think I've seen the second season yet, so I'll have to go and I'm sure my wife will be pleased to know. We didn't have Netflix for a while and uh, my brother sent me his username and password and so we, we share an account with him. <gasps> keep so it you the, mean you're stealing? Keep it in the family. Uh, we're sharing. There's a difference. That's another word for stealing. Yeah, let's give a big shout out to all the, uh, the friends and family members who let us <laughs> snipe their... Uh, their Netflix, Netflix accounts. accounts. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Nick, I know Nick, my mom listens. Nick, I'm so. looking at you. <laughs> Snipe was calling you out. <laughs> Snipe was such a thank you all a legit way of doing that, <laughs> of saying. <that. laughs> I love that. All right, uh, that's going to be time for that one. Yes, I'm incorporating the timer again. Oh because... yeah, nothing's more fun than the timer. We yeah, don't... I haven't I haven't seen this uh, show, so I didn't really have much to add anyway. 
Good. Well, <laughs> do you like Simpsons and do you like Futurama, Wade? So, so I, I really like Simpsons. I have never been able to get into Futurama. I've seen. Oh man. I don't even know how many episodes. Uh, I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it too uh, smart for you? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, because. <laughs> Rick and Morty is much smarter, and that's one of my favorite shows. Uh, that's fair. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know that I would say it was smarter, but that's yeah. that's, that's an uh, argument for I, another day. Wait, wait, I think you would like this enchantment. It's it's not the same as Futurama, but it kind of is. I mean, it, it's a good mix of Futurama and The Simpsons. It's so. not like. American Dad to Family Guy type. No, oh, no. no, okay. The good thing about I feel like those are the same shows. The good thing about Matt Groening is any you know of his three shows, they're all completely different in their own way. Yeah. And so you like you're like, oh, I'm watching Futurama, but it feels like The Simpsons to me. I don't I don't think it does. Okay. So yeah, like I said, the only parallel I could see in the first season was the parallel to drama and then that like second season that completely goes out the door and like you're like okay these are their own characters you've had a chance to watch them build so yeah. you know that was my last note on it since we gotta move on yep all right uh i'll go second i'll leave wade for last okay <clears throat> if you don't mind Mm-mm. uh because i'm gonna stick in the fantastical world the fantasy world and i'm gonna stick to netflix because my number three pick is going to be Dragon Prince. All right. Have Dragon guys... Prince. <laughs> I'm guessing you is guys this haven't an- seen... Is this animated? Uh, yeah, I haven't had any experience with it. Yes, it is. So it is the same creators of Avatar, The Last Airbender. I also and don't have a daughter, though. It's not a uh, children's show. Oh, really? So... Oh. Yeah. oh, snap. Well, then I rescind my statement. <laughs> Eddie, let's keep that in there so uh, Jim can be wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, it's uh, it's done by the same creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender. It is a show about uh, humans and elves warring against each other, and there were dragons. The dragons were, you know, allegedly wiped out, and they stumble upon a dragon, like the last dragon egg, and they're trying to return it back to its uh, its rightful place atop the uh like the dragon peak or whatever so it's it's kind of political in the sense that like the king and the he's trying to keep peace between the kingdoms before a whole war breaks out and a lot of stuff happens i don't really want to give you know too much away because it is a a great journey and i think there's jim are you looking it up i have it pulled up yes are there there's three seasons is that correct uh when I was typing into Google, I said, uh, yeah, three seasons. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I couldn't remember. We've watched all, all three seasons so far. Each season is like a like an element or a part. I think they did that in Avatar as well. They did. Each each show is a book. Yeah. So or Not each show, but yeah. Each, yeah, so each season, I think, in this is, is a book or a volume or something. So that's kind of neat. I don't, I don't know that they necessarily tie into it like if it's fire or something i don't know that it, it's necessarily centered around fire but it's just neat how they do that because it's like oh it's not just a season it's a new book and i'm sure that's how you felt i haven't seen uh, avatar but i'm sure that's how you felt during what? the show uh we've already what? talked we've already talked about that uh oh, so great great movie uh, oh stop it we're not gonna talk, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that no <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Wade. I'd rather talk okay. about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and you know how uh, I feel about that. 
the first one, but so yeah, <laughs> it was the um, worst. I do want to watch the show because I have been getting the itch to watch Avatar, so I might actually have to watch the show and see if like that'll scratch the itch. Especially since I've I've heard a lot of really great things about this show. This show is great. There's a there's one character who's actually a mute, so she speaks through sign language, which I thought was a really neat, um, kind of like like I want to say nod to handicap, but like showing that handicaps aren't necessarily a handicap because she is a very, she's the leader of the army. She's a very adept warrior. And I just thought it's neat that, you know, she um, speaks in sign language and then she has a, a, like a page or a, an assistant that translates her, uh, her sign language to, you know, everyone, what she's saying. Josh, I know you've never seen Avatar, but that reminds me a lot of a character from Avatar. Um, It's a favorite fan favorite. Actually, it's Toph. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's an earthbender who's blind, but she's like, like one of like the best earthbenders. Mm -hmm. Um, And she actually ends up going on the adventure with them. So she joins their their, their little crew. And so I guess they have a thing of, of adding, I mean, that's, that's totally cool. Yeah. So the last thing that I'll mention is the third season. This doesn't mean as much to you guys as it did to me. But the uh, one of the characters is voiced by a man named Chris Metzen. Chris Metzen was one of the lead uh, people on World of Warcraft. He's the voice of Thrall, and a lot of the, he did a lot of the voice acting and stuff. And so to see him, he's since retired from Blizzard. So to see him kind of step back into voice acting and stuff was really cool. And that was that was cool for me on like a personal, I guess, a personal level nerd so, yeah <clears throat> nice i mean it's fitting that he went from world of, War- world of warcraft to like a fantasy cartoon dragon, yeah fantasy <laughs> to fantasy yeah yeah world of, <laughs> world of dragon prince there you go warcraft world of dragon prince warcraft so all three uh all three seasons are on netflix if you have a netflix account i would highly recommend it wade hi yay what's your number well, three sir I had a I had a real tough time with this list. I'll be honest. There have been some great limited series and a lot of great original streaming shows and series to have come out. You know, in the past month or so, uh, stuff that's been on all the platforms for a while. But I'm gonna get a little, a little not serious, but I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the animated stuff to a halt, a screeching halt, if you will. Though I do love animated stuff, I'm not sure why any of it has not made my list. I discovered this show on Netflix in a very low point in my life. This was about two years ago. My best friend had just passed away suddenly. And I needed some laughter in my life, some comedy, some real comedy, some genuine, authentic comedy. And I found it in Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, man. I thought about putting that one on here, too. I it was a close tie between this and the boys on Amazon Prime because Stop, dude that was the other one. So, but I had to go the <laughs> sentimental route. I had to switch it up a little bit because the rest of my list is very fantasy driven and very, uh, I, you know, fictional. So I, I went really, went really the real route, and I'm I'm also not a huge fan of Seinfeld. I never got into the show. Not the biggest Jerry Seinfeld fan, but this show kind of. From the place I was in, I was kind of like, you know what, this guy's got to be funny to some people, so I'll give him another shot. 
and he's just more real. He's still kind of an asshole, still Jerry Seinfeld. He is, but yeah. He, I, I he brings out there. the best, like the people that he gets on the show bring out the best in him, and they kind of riff off of each other. So it was just kind of cool to see them, like those types of people in just such a simple and organic situation with each other. And it's such a creative idea too, because Jerry Seinfeld is a big car guy. Um, so he talks to whoever he's going to have on his show and he brings, he gets the car somehow. I don't know if he rents it or what, but he, you know, gets the car that they want and they'll drive around in it. And like, they don't even get coffee that often. They drive to like getting coffee. They sit for a little bit and, and eat lunch or eat brunch and have coffee. But most of the show is them just driving around in the car, just yeah. shooting the shit. You know, they did a, they did one with uh, Jimmy Fallon. And they actually ended up going on the water with a boat and like out onto a lake. And so it's just, it's just a creative idea to do the show. And I really appreciate the way that they, they did it and what they're doing. So what it sounds like to me is it's a video podcast on Netflix. Essentially, yeah. you could probably do it in a studio, but the whole, I mean, one of the big selling points is, is all the knowledge he has of all these cars. And he, depending on who he's interviewing that day or taking out on a ride, he kind of bases their personality on the personality of the car, which yeah. is kind of a cool angle. But and their reactions once he arrives, he calls them up and he's like, "Hey, man, it's Jerry. I'm downstairs." And they come out, they're all like, "Hey!" And they're just freaking out about the car and all this stuff. Yeah, because I don't know if he tells them. I remember. Yeah, no, it's that's such a cool show, dude. Yeah, I really appreciate that one a lot. But yeah, it, I had a lot of laugh out loud moments, which I wasn't expecting, and I kept. I mean the. The episodes are what 20 30 minutes if not that even, yeah like not f- even 15 that. I, maybe I think there's been like yeah like a 10 minute episode 15 you know they, they, the episode times really vary so unless they, they kind like of pull it out they kind of start blending together and like you can't once you get going the next guest will be like an even bigger name or someone you're more of a fan of than you know yeah. seth seth rogan was on one not to drop any names because you know you guys know i love that dude <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, they've had all kinds. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Go ahead. It's funny because they. I'm looking at like the Wikipedia for it, and it's like you said that whenever he invites someone on there, they pick the car that they want to ride in. Is that? It's right? either that, that. I was under the impression that Jerry picked the car, but he like based it, what he picked on the personality of. <laughs> the comedian he was so like kevin hart got like a like a gremlin or something tiny or something like that <clears throat> well, yeah. go ahead josh because i see david letterman was in a 1995 volvo station wagon <laughs> and that, <laughs> that just cracks me up so like, they did the same thing with uh sarah jessica parker where she was like they were in like a wood paneled like station wagon that you would see out of uh, like christmas vacation or family vacation and stuff like that and she was like like wow this reminds me of like the one from my, that my mom had when I was a kid, we used to take road trips in these and blah, blah, blah. She was going all nuts over it and stuff. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It says uh, introducing a vintage car selected for a guest comedian. There you go. So I guess It's probably a work, but they probably stage it all beforehand. But it's kind of right. cool to see. It is still pretty like, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like Patton Oswalt got a DeLorean. That seems right up his alley. Yeah, <laughs> nerd. I'm trying to remember because he did do an episode with Jay Leno. As well, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Jay Leno's huge in the car. He's, he's a big car guy. So I'm like two car guys that are just sitting, hanging out. Like, I'm oh, trying yeah. to remember because I feel like I watched that one. 
both those guys are so snarky and assholey they're <laughs> just like geeking out about cars while they're driving them. oh let, let me try it. let me t- let me take a drive in it uh it was a 1949 porsche 356/2 with jay leno uh but i wanted to mention that we are out of time and we have to move on but i wanted to mention that this show started on crackle which a lot of people crackle. don't even know crackle is like a thing but there's also a show on Crackle called Snatch, which is based off of the film. And it's got Rupert Grint, who played uh, Ron Weasley. And it's not bad. Huh. Interesting. It's, it's not Snatch the Movie by any means. Nothing oh, will ever movie. be Snatch the Movie. But it's, but it's not bad. So that's it. Any any is final it, words, Wade? Is it still streaming on Crackle? I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> Crackle. Crackle. <laughs> right, so does that, it, does that... that void my pick then no no because crackle's still a streaming service yeah okay, i no, thought I, it was a netflix original my bad no no no. i, I just do actually i wanted to mention yeah because i saw that when i looked it up and i thought that was interesting it actually was on crackle for nine seasons and on the 10th season oh, they wow. agreed to move it to netflix okay oh so he's yeah. been doing this for a long time then yeah oh yeah i just looked at it here 2014 2012 wow, wow. yep yeah it started july 19th 2012 so Eight years now. Dang, dude. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. They've been driving around getting coffee for eight years. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, sorry to to bring the mood down a little bit with that one, but, uh, you know, it's still comedy. It's still... Oh, no, yeah, that's a good show, though. Yeah. Uh, That was instrumental in uh, recovery of my mental and emotional state. I haven't seen it, so I'm glad you brought it up. I'm going to have to check it out. There's a lot. A lot to watch. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, not, it's not as taxing. Like, I was going to say, it's not as taxing if it's like 15 minutes per episode. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to every series coming out now is an hour, that, an hour long episode with 20 episodes a season. You're like, oh, God. Well, this is where I'm going to change that with my number two pick. Number two. That was a good segue, Josh. Thank you. That was a good segue. I left that space so I could put that in there. Thanks, Eddie. That was good. <laughs> uh, no, but actually, this is going to be, because that was legitimately at the episode links when I went to go watch this um, because of how quickly I got through it. But this was a show that I binged in one night um, and it's a fantastic show. Uh, I'm going to move it to the Disney Plus universe away from Netflix with The Mandalorian. Anybody who's a Star Wars fan uh, pretty much bought Disney Plus for The Mandalorian, as did I. Or Frozen. Um, uh, bought it for the Mandalorian, as did I. <laughs> Frozen uh, 2, bro. Frozen 2, yeah. it for the Mandalorian, as did I. <laughs> no, but seriously, dude. Like, uh, So the Mandalorian is only a 30-minute show. I was not expecting that when I was like quickly on episode 4. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't understand how I'm getting through these episodes so quickly. And I realized they're only 30 minutes. But I binged the entire show in one night. Because it's like eight episodes, I think. And so, God, man, this show is just phenomenal. It's set in the Star Wars universe. And I've kind of fallen off of the Star Wars fandom as of late, just because I'm not as heavily into it as I was. I didn't enjoy the new movies, but, you know, I don't really discuss it too much with, with a lot of people anymore. Um, this was a show that is a fan for the hardcore and a fan for the brand new, or, you know, and a show for the brand new. You know, so it, it's like, because this is set in the Star Wars universe, but it's not immediately tied directly to like any of the movies, except for the fact that like this is post- uh, this is all post Empire mm-hmm. um, stuff. So this is after you know um, after the events of uh, 
of like a new hope and empire strikes back and and you know the the prequels and or the uh, the original trilogy and it's but, before the first order right yeah yeah so i think this is set unless yeah i think this is actually during the first order but it's not i think this is like set kind of off way way off in the distance mm-hmm. from the events happening of like the the sequels if not, then it was like before the sequels, but during like the, the beginning of the first time. I, I don't remember exactly. I'll have to go so back and rewatch it again. This is between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So yeah, so it's at the at the peak it's, of... Yeah, it's like... Not it, at the peak, at the beginning of the First Order. It's closer to Return of the Jedi than Force Awakens, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. That makes sense now. But yeah, no, this is... I mean, this is such a cool show. It's got such, I mean, first of all, the Mandalorian is such a, you know, his character overall is, is real kind of quiet and brooding and, you know, seeing him with the, uh, with the child, uh, everyone knows him as baby Yoda, which is, I mean, meme, meme central, but you know, he's the child in the, in the TV show. Um, you know, watching him adopt, essentially adopt the child and become like this fatherly figure and realize that like, you know, what he was meant to do is not what he was wanting to do. Like, he's destined to do something else, basically. Uh, I think steal is the word you were looking for. Yeah, because he, he stole I mean, he, the child. I, he went to assassinate it, right? And then he's like, I don't uh, know. No, it was, bring it, it was bring it back alive. I think oh, that's right. Dead yeah. or alive, but preferably alive. To Werner um, Herzog, he get... which was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, and then, you know, but he, you know, realized i guess the error of what uh, of his doings and so he rectified it and yeah. basically made an enemy of the first order <laughs> which is great um but you got i mean i mean you got like you know this was a pretty good i think everyone fit their role here really well you know you had carl weathers as the guy who was the uh like essentially the head of like the mercenaries guild i think is what they're or like the beast guild or something like that something similar mm-hmm. uh, but then you have taika watiti in this and i'm i'm a fan of taika watiti i love like i I like i do appreciate the movies he directs i like the characters that he plays and he played the the robot ig11 which was a first order uh robot that was like reprogrammed i think yeah um if i remember correctly so i don't know man uh created by john favreau who directed a couple and john favreau is a phenomenal director um john favreau is said to be the father of the mcu because he directed uh, the original Iron Man, the, the first Iron Man, yeah, oh. and starred. In yeah, it. he's a he's a he's a pretty genius guy. Uh, I wanted very to, very versatile. I wanted to mention a couple things. We are uh, coming up on time here, but um, I like Pablo Pascal too, who plays the the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, yeah. I could have done without seeing Andrew. his face. I know I get why they did it because it was a big lead up, but. It kind of took me out because I know Pablo Pascal from uh, Pedro from or sorry Pedro. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's twice I had to correct Oops. you. You still didn't even get. It. I didn't hear you the first time. So oh, pa- Pedro Pedro Pascal. I know him from uh, from Narcos and from Game of Thrones, and so it kind of threw me off. I was like, oh yeah, it's it's the guy that got his face smashed in in Game of Thrones. Oh, but uh, I don't know because they made the whole thing like, oh, Mandalorians never take their helmet off. Never take their mask off. Yeah. And then, and then he took his helmet off. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the way. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he was, I, I thought he was great. I mean, even taking his mask, I also kind of agreed that I'm like, I kind of wish they didn't. Cause that kind of takes away from the whole Mandalorian. Like, or at least save it till season two. 
yeah 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 like you know or you know if you know like a big death scene or whatever but yeah no i i do agree with you on that too but you know i don't know it was that was like such a minor yeah uh such a minor thing in an overall like phenomenal series i was also going to mention that uh, on a positive note I think one of the reasons that I got into it, Jim, because I agree with you, I'm kind of sick of Star Wars. I never really got on the Star Wars hype train to begin with, but it doesn't necessarily feel like your traditional Star Wars uh-uh. atmosphere or environment. Mm-mm. So you can watch it without knowing, oh, you know, Luke was this guy and Kylo Ren is this guy. And- yeah, this is this is a it's com- a completely own deal. Like it, it, it's nothing to do with you know, directly related to the Star Wars, with the exception of, like, the idea of the Mandalorian, who we know is, like, you know, Boba and Jango Fett and stuff, who were, you know, wore the similar, uh, like, similar outfits, you know, and you have just, uh, yeah, just some of the similar characters, but other than that, it's its own thing entirely. And it's, it's great. I love that they did something like this. Yeah. Uh, wait, any final words before we move on? So I'm kind of stuck in a Mandalorian purgatory, uh, I'm like halfway through maybe on the last couple episodes. So I wasn't aware that he ever removed his mask. You bastards. (laughs) No, that's probably not even a climax part of the show, but I was enjoying the kind of the mystery. I I mean, I've seen the guy before anyway, but kind of just always wondering who who is this guy? What does he look like? Just going through each episode that I thought that was kind of a cool thing to have just in their back pocket to just be like, all right, for this next episode, nothing's really going to happen, but this dude is going to take his helmet off. It's going to be awesome. That's kind of what. That's kind of why I brought it up because it. I to me, it wasn't awesome. <laughs> it was like <laughs> this big buildup, and it was just kind of like, oh, here you go. And you're like, okay, uh, like I could have, I could have done without it. Sorry, yeah. sorry to ruin it for you, but it, it definitely wasn't a. To I mean, me, it definitely the, wasn't a big moment. The scene around oh. it was was a, like everything around it was the big moment. And I think that's more like worth the watch than, than him specifically taking off the helmet is is the happenings of that scene. Yeah. Um, so because it is a very suspenseful in a, in a way kind of a suspenseful scene, and you know you've gotten so used to this beloved character, and you know you don't know what's going to happen. But and, definitely go watch it soon, so I don't feel yeah. as bad for as long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we like <laughs> spoiled it. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I get distracted by wrestling content and all these other things. Yeah, and I have to, like, actually go and try to pirate it somewhere because I don't have Disney Plus. So I'll, I'll see what I can do. I don't, I don't. Yeah, we'll talk. All right. We'll talk. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So my number two, we're going to move over to Amazon Prime and we're going to talk about the series good omens because good omens is going to be my number two good omens is a show starring michael sheen and david Tennant. you also have john ham you have michael mckean which you might not know the name but you'll know his face as soon as you see him uh nick offerman is in it for a short time uh and francis mcdormand is the voice of god which wade you're familiar with that being mr metatron B-O-G. <laughs> Francis can't compare to, to Mr. Metatron. Um, so basically what it is, is they, uh, Aziraphale played by Michael Sheen and uh, Crowley played by David Tennant are friends. Aziraphale is an angel. Crowley is a demon. 
They've been around since the beginning of time. They've become friends. And it's obviously it's weird for like an angel and demon to be friends. But they come to essentially present day or present-ish day where the Antichrist is born and they have to stop him from bringing upon the apocalypse. And what happens is they, the Antichrist incidentally gets switched at birth. And so they have to track down this Antichrist that has essentially gone missing in the wind. And it's just, it's really fun. If you're, it's, I wouldn't say it's sacrilegious, but you know, there are very religious people out there that probably wouldn't find this very entertaining or fun. This may sound kind of harsh, but if you're open-minded, I would say you could watch it <laughs> because, you know, there are people that are like, oh, they talk about God and, and demons and angels. Oh, I'm not going to watch that. But uh, I went in with it with an open mind. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant's chemistry is awesome. Uh, Nick Offerman, for those of you who are excited to see him, is only in it for a very short time. So don't... I also see that John Hamm. Yes. So John Hamm plays Gabriel up in heaven, and he's really good too. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember Nick Offerman's role in this movie or this show. Did you see it? I've se- I think we watched it's the only heaven. one season, right? so far i think yeah um i think we binged it and then it so nick offerman is the dad of one of the babies and he's like he's like the he works for the president and he's clean shaven in the show if i remember correctly so it doesn't look like nick offerman (laughs) that's probably why i forgot yeah (laughs) (laughs) didn't even recognize him yep if you search nick offerman good omens the first picture that pops up you're like oh doesn't what? doesn't even look like him, but it's but it's really like this was a Neil Gaiman. Uh... Yeah, and that's the other thing that I was going to mention is it's actually Neil Gaiman who created the Sandman comics, and uh, and Terry Pratchett who is now deceased, but he did the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, and so you have that power. Oh, I wow. think I think Neil Gaiman actually took Terry Pratchett uh, his work and kind of made it into something because Terry Pratchett's been dead for years. Okay. I think he somehow got the rights and was able to. I don't. I don't know that for sure though. I, I could be completely wrong, which I well, am about most things. <laughs> yeah, it was like me. I mean, Neil Gaiman is. You know, he chances are he probably did something that somebody knows because he's. You know, he's got a lot of pretty big stuff on his writers. You know, credits on uh, IMDb. But oh yeah, you know, he was one of the writers, I guess, behind uh, Lucifer. Or he was, you know, helped with Lucifer, you know, Doctor Who. He looks like he did a couple episodes. What is the other one I saw? Uh, he did uh, American Gods. That was a uh, <clears throat> a show for a short time, I believe. Oh, it was a book. Beowulf was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So stars stars made uh, American Gods into a into a series in 2017. So he's he's got a a hell of a repertoire. And then the Sandman was uh, is a show that's supposed to come out, but because of the whole coronavirus thing, it's been uh, stopped. As with everything, yeah, it's still in pre-production, yeah. But that should be coming to Netflix hopefully once uh, everything gets back, back to n- normal-ish. But yeah, uh, like I said, it's I, I on one of my lists. Uh, Dogma was one of my choices, so it's in very much in that same vein where I like the the angel and demon storylines. 
and it's this like is satirical more than sacrilege. It is, yeah, yeah. I've always this is one that's been on my list for. Trying to keep forgetting to switch over to Amazon Prime to give it a to give it a watch. Um, so I might have to sit down and do that tonight. Yeah, it's only like uh, eight episodes. It's not. Yeah, it's it's like not, there's not a lot. Yeah, you could knock it out in a few days. Wade I got a lot of Harry Potter type vibes from it. Just like the scenery and like where they're at. I know they travel all over, but Dark, the way it was shot and stuff like that. More adulty Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like HBO Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Cinemax without the boobs Potter. yeah Cinemax Skinemax no no boobs in this uh, series that I remember so boo yeah <laughs> Wade what's your number two sir alright I'm gonna keep it here in Amazon Prime world but I'm I'm throwing it way out into the solar system with the expanse this show is science fiction uh, based on I believe there's three novels out. Uh, author is James S.A. Corey. I believe the books are of different names. My girlfriend has read them all, and she's just been, she was the one that told me about this series uh, to begin with. And we kind of sat down and binged each season as they came out. Uh, season four just was just released a few months ago. And uh, it's very binge worthy. Uh, it takes a little while to get through, a lot of stuff going on since it kind of spans the whole solar system and universe actually because not sure if time travel is a thing but definitely space travel there's a lot of different colonies like mars has broken off and there's they're like their own independent government planet and they're kind of feuding with earth this whole time but at the same time there's this the outliers who live in the belt they call them belters and they're like they mine like uh asteroid belts and just all kinds of crazy visual outer space effects going on i was gonna say that like the the little description that it has on here on imd actually really cool because it's uh so if you give me a minute i can read it out to you so it's a police detective in the asteroid belt the first officer of an interplanetary ice fighter and an earthbound united nations executive slowly discover a vast conspiracy that threatens the earth's rebellious colony in, on the asteroid belt whoa (laughs) oh yeah so there's yeah there's there's not really a true villain of the story because you follow this like kind of motley crew of uh they're they're anti-heroes they're not they're kind of working with earth but also there's some belters that have infiltrated the system or something they're kind of all having to work together and all of their different ideologies and the way they were raised are just conflicting all the time so there's a lot of inner battles going on as well as this whole galactic takeover going on at the same time. Uh, I don't know one person in this cast. Uh, You might know Thomas Jane. Uh, He played one of the Punishers in one of the movies. But if you saw him, you'd probably recognize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. And then Uh, one of the... uh, So he plays like a... He's a detective uh, on Earth, I believe. And he's, he's... originally tasked to figure out there's some uh they call i think it's i forgot what they call it it's kind of like a dark matter type thing that they discover and it's killing all these people and he's he's the one that's tasked to go and find out what this thing is and it ends up well i'm not going to give it away (laughs) oh man take us take us to the edge and leave us there yeah (laughs) 
I also want to mention that just because I don't know any of the people doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. I'm totally down to see a show with <laughs> out, you know, the rock in it or something. <laughs> Dwayne oh, wow, Johnson. Tom Shane's in quite a bit. Actually. There are, there are, I mean, there's not a lot of huge stars in it. Thomas Jane is probably the most recognizable yeah. face and name that you'll hear see. But there are some voice actors in it that you probably recognize the voice or just kind of low budget or up and coming actors that are new. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole what got me into the show and just hooked is just the scientific. I don't know what words to say here, but my <laughs> girlfriend being a scientist, she's you know very drives home the fact that, you know, they're very almost as as close as you can be talking about black holes and the unknown that that i guess scientifically you can be so the fact that it's loosely based on like space knowledge and like true fact and science it's kind of cool to see it all like how we would think that a black hole is formed or what's on the other side or there's like a whole the end of one of the seasons just like a whole like portal that opens up in the middle of space and it like opens up to like a huge globe so where you can go inside, but like time stops once you go inside and there's all these different portals that you can go to that go to like different dimensions. And it's crazy, dude. I can't even explain it, man. Let me tell you, if you like scientific shows, you should check out this show called Futurama. They're <laughs> very scientific. One of the smartest shows out there. <laughs> it's like three or four. Sorry, not to go back. I don't know anything about the expanse. Uh, I don't really get into sci-fi shows, to be honest. Uh, like the space travel. I was never into Star Trek. Was never really into Star Wars. I watched them, but it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I'm more interested in like underwater stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of, kind of the opposite for yeah. me. <laughs> but I don't know. At the he same likes to time, get as far away from the water as he can. <laughs> at the same time, though. Man, space is scary too, man. Like they're very similar that types of places. That scares me more than open water. Okay, I mean, that's fair. But you know, the open water's here on Earth. <laughs> I mean, you can't space is out there. You can't breathe in either one of them. <laughs> true, very true. Uh, so I, it's definitely there's horror elements to it. Just you know, being in deep space and just the unpredictability mm-hmm. of literally, you can open a window and get sucked out, and that's it. You just right. float forever, and you're dead. That's, but I think that's what scares me so much about space is the isolation. Yeah. there's a, They definitely touch on a lot of that. A lot of just like hopelessness all amidst all the political stuff going on and all the battles. And it's just a lot. But it's cool to see, you know, the space imagery. All the CGI is done really, really well. And uh, it just kept me, kept us entertained for hours on end. And I highly recommend the show if you're into this sort of thing. All right. Good good choice, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you did that last week, too. Sorry. Choice, Sorry. <laughs> it's it's one of the highest rated shows that's ever been made. I'll just say that. Ooh, okay. I do want to I do want to watch it. I'm I'm a big fan of like uh sci-fi type shows like that, especially a lot of the newer ones uh, cuz I was watching Lost in Space on Netflix. Maybe I'm maybe I'm jaded by the old cheesy sci-fi shows and stuff. Oh that... yeah, that's way different now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Number one, Jim. Number one. Number one. Oh, dude, this was like I, I, I honestly, all of these could have been my number one. 
pick. I'll just have to I'll just have to put that out there. But I put this one as my number one because this is a lot different than any other show that's going to be on, like you know, on our list most likely. Um, but this isn't. This is more of an anthology, but it's still a TV series on Netflix. Um, it's all animated shorts. Um, I don't think I saw one more than twenty minutes, but it's Love, Death, and Robots. Um, I had been hearing about this show kind of periodically from different people and they're like, you know, it just kind of just randomly popped up. So I decided to give it a shot and it was actually really cool. Uh, the first episode really hit me hard and it was just like, cause it was just so intense and it was just like, it had this big twist, you know, but it was like packed in like a 10 minute, like animated short. Um, and that's what the show is. That first episode does have boobs. If anybody was wondering. It does. It does. It does say on like the the, the poster. It says that like in an NS, uh, I can't even say it. A NSFW animated anthology. So just know that this oh, is nice. very vulgar, very violent, very not kid friendly at all. But it's super clever. It's super well thought out. It's really cool to see all the different art styles and to see all these different stories. Um, Topher Grace comes up in one of them. Which is really weird. That's right. Um, so, because he comes up in one where they find out about the civilization that's living in their freezer in the new house that they live in. So they're watching over the course of you know five minutes, or they watch this civilization grow and expand and become more technologically advanced and nuke each other, and they come back the next day and they find the civilization is reborn. So they're like watching the civilization grow and. Uh, Topher Grace gets burned from the nuclear radiation, so he comes in down looking like he has a sunburn. Um, it's really funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many different cool stories in this. I, I think there's going to be something here for everybody, um, and you can watch it. You can watch it every now and again. You can you can binge it. Uh, you don't have to worry about skipping any because they, they have nothing to do with each other. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was, uh, <clears throat> it was produced by uh, multiple people, but two of the notable names are david fincher who you would know from um alien three he did seven he did fight club uh panic room so he likes all those dark movies and stuff and also tim miller who directed deadpool so i thought that was i thought that was neat okay so i mean yeah no no i mean that's really cool sorry i was looking at uh like looking at other names, that's why I didn't say much because I keep seeing oh. Nolan North come up, who we yeah, all know is the voice of, of Nathan Drake, uh, <laughs> um, as we've talked about before here. But I, he is one of the voice actors yes. in this, and I don't know exactly which episode. It, okay, I okay, I didn't know exactly which. Episode, was it, it's ugly. It says Ugly Dave, but is that the is that the farm one? No, that's the one where he's living in. A, he's living in a garbage dump. Um, and I don't remember the exact plot of it. I know which one you're talking about, Josh, because that's the one I thought it was as well, too. Okay. That's one of that was one of my favorite episodes. Was the the, uh, the farm one where they they fight the the aliens and the bunch of farmers in mech suits. Yes, uh, I I kind of remember the Ugly Dave one. I'd have to watch it again. I see yeah, screenshots and stuff, too. but yeah. But yeah, like you mentioned, it is. Each episode is like a completely different story, not connected at all. So there's no commitment to watching the whole thing, you know, over and over. If you wanted to watch one and move on, I'd recommend watching all of them, but. I would too. Wait, have you seen it? 
I've seen, I've definitely seen the farm, uh, the farm episode, uh, a little short. But the thing about this is, like, it's cool. It's kind of laid out like Black Mirror is. Like, there's, you know, each episode is completely different, not related at all. You can skip through. I know there each episode is a different story, but this is kind of just like a like a mashup, you could say, somewhat of just different. I love that all the art is different, all the stories are different, all the characters are different. There's literally no linear anything going nope. on. Nothing. And it's just it's showcasing all these artists and all these they kind of just collabed and came together. That's and what like, I appreciate about this the most. Let's 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 make a thing. And they, they kind of did it and I've I need to I need to finish it. I don't think there's how many seasons are there? Are there's only doing one. it by seasons? There's okay. one. It has been renewed for a season two. Yeah. Nice. So that's something to look forward to. I think the only thing they have in common is like each of the episodes has like a robot, <laughs> which mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, I don't know. Or some, it, maybe, uh, some love, maybe some love, maybe some love, maybe some death and some death. And some death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they're all on Netflix. It all makes sense. And the used is the soundtrack. Uh, I was going to say, I was like, I mean, there's some pretty big names that are to this dude because i see gary cole as one of the uh the voice actors john dimaggio who we talked about earlier uh in the episode chris parnell um yeah is is in this as well um yeah i mean there's 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 got to be something that everybody likes i think yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed almost all of them i think there were one or two that i was like "Eh, yeah and i think i fell asleep watching one of them (laughs) i'll sleep again and and I was like, okay, well, apparently this one's not for me, so I just enjoyed the ones that I enjoyed. Which is the the beauty of this show is you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy everything, but there's gonna be something that you you probably enjoy. Out of I this. mean, there's there's 18 episodes in the first season, so there there's yeah. a chance there's gonna be one or two that you know aren't amazing. And they're probably not amazing for you. Yeah. Do they they show like the artists like they credit the names like before each like short starts, right? Or is it at the end where they credit them all? I don't remember either. It's cool that they do that. I, I'm saying this because it's just cool that they're able to showcase themselves in a Netflix, you know, in that platform. In, in a, just yeah, a massive platform. Like from this. from one story. So you're mm-hmm. like, well, that was pretty good. But And then you can go and check out the rest of the stuff they do elsewhere. Yeah. Yep. All right. Got to move on. So my number two, we're going to move to a network we haven't talked about yet. You're number one, you mean? Yes. Number one. Cool. Eddie, Eddie, can you make number one? Nope. Can you make don't do it. One? Eddie, don't do it. Come on, man. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Eddie, Eddie doesn't talk. He'll <laughs> <laughs> still hear me telling him thank you. <laughs> but you can't, you can't know if he confirmed or not because he can't talk. <laughs> uh, you'll just have to find know, out. Him and, I, him and I are close, man. I mean, we're good. Uh, my number two, you probably can guess what number, number it's one. on. God, whatever. <laughs> I'm not ready to go to number one. My number I'm one, <laughs> my number one is going to be on the DC universe. It's going to be Titans. Oh, really? Yes. I, I love this show. Honestly, um, it did get some flack. Obviously, it's not directly uh, parallel to the comics and the, you know, your traditional um, 
Titans story and stuff, but it is a dark, gritty take on uh, the Teen Titans franchise, if you will. It's current DC, is what you're saying. It's, well, yeah. But I mean, (laughs) but they do, you know, it is, uh, it is vulgar. They do drop the F-bomb. There is lots of blood. Robin, in like the first episode, he like slit some guy's throat or something and blood's just gushing out. I I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) You know, because you think Titans, you're like, oh, it's like, it's Teen Titans. They're just going to, it's comic book. They're just going to beat people up and everybody, everybody somehow survives, but that's not the case in the show. But you know, you have your your traditional Teen Titans characters. You have Robin, you have Starfire, you have Beast Boy, you have Raven. But then they throw in Jason Todd. They throw in the original Titans like Wonder Girl and um, Hawk and Dove. And they're they're facing off against uh, against Deathstroke. Slade, yeah, I see. Um, at I, I believe that's season two. The first season there, it's basically just a an introductory season. They're trying to they're getting together. They're learning each other's powers. They're teaching each other how to how to fight with one another and stuff and i i don't know i just i really enjoy it it's i was able to look past the fact that it's not you know comic book exact and it's yeah like you said it's current it's current dc where people it's real world dc is what i like to say people in the real world people in the real world cuss people in the real world fight you know they people in the real world die so it's it's a really gritty um realistic approach i think as as realistic as you can be for people having superpowers right <laughs> yeah but in the sense of like you know jason todd is a is a uh a rebel so him dropping the f-bomb every once in a while kind of makes sense because he's just yeah. he's an outlander he's an out is an outlier rather than not an outlander but uh, I really enjoy it. I like comic book stuff. And like I said, like I've said multiple times <laughs> in this rant, uh, I like the the dark approach to it. So I know, Jim, you haven't seen it yet, right? Uh, wait. I have not seen it either. And DC isn't one to really go that route. Usually, are they? The, the dark, darker, the darker. Been kind of... A lot lately, they've, they've really taken a darker to- uh, like tone. So I know I know Batman has always kind of been you know yeah so the darkest character but comics wise I feel like DC has always been darker than Marvel but I don't know that they ever go like this I mean I'm sure they go this dark uh, mm-hmm. Swamp Thing would have definitely made my list as well but I just feel like since Titans is still ongoing there's still more to uh, discover Swamp Thing unfortunately was canceled but. Once J.J. Abrams comes out with the Justice League Dark show for HBO Max or whatever, Whoa. that that might creep onto my list because I love yeah, new streaming service again. Yeah, I'm currently reading the old Justice League Dark comics and <clears throat> and they're really good. But I would recommend it if you can get the DC Universe. Jim, I gave you my password. I might take it back from you and give it to Wade because I feel like Wade might watch it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't used it as much as I. Like, <laughs> I meant to use it to read comic books and stuff, but I like yeah. haven't been reading comic books and stuff. He hasn't used it like ever, is what he means. <laughs> but that's okay. We can we can move on. I forgot to start the timer for my pick. I'm sorry, I got 
Uh, I see how it is. That's okay. You time all of us, but I'm you can go however sorry. long you want. Uh, Wade, what's your yes. top streaming service exclusive? Well, number one. It's probably no surprise to anyone. It might be to some, but probably not most. Uh, I'm going to go back to Netflix, our trusty Netflix here in quarantine. Uh, I've been, I've gotten through every season of this, every episode. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've renewed it, uh, I hope. But uh, this one's written by a very popular writer and producer, uh, Jinji Cohen, who also did Weeds and Orange is the New Black. My number one pick is Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I'll tell you why. I don't know how I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that show, but it makes sense now that you say it. So this is, if anybody out there listening is into the wrestling, the pro wrestling world at all, they know that women have come a very long way in professional wrestling. Uh, Glow kind of shows... I'm not sure if it's completely entirely based on real fact or the way this happened, but early 80s, uh, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was a an actual federation of wrestling, which was kind of like now we have Shimmer and Rise and just all-female promotions, which was, it's not like, you know, it's not common for the most part, just because there aren't a lot of women wrestlers or now there is for sure. But this kind of chronicles the rise of women's wrestling, you know, trying to they're doing their own thing independently. Yeah, they've got dudes working for them and stuff and they work, you know, with other male wrestlers. But the whole show was kind of, you know, it was like a a variety show and it wasn't taken as seriously as, you know, wrestling is now, especially for women. So it's kind of cool to see where it all started and how it's kind of progressed and how it, you can see it like firsthand, how they were treated, how the performers were treated, you know, in the locker rooms and from all these other professionals who do, who have been doing it for a while. And it's just kind of cool to be immersed in a fully like a federation that's trying to make it, trying to do their thing with very little success. And they kind of have to grow together and live together and travel together so it's kind of cool to see the camaraderie in this style of storytelling. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, it, it it is one show that's been on my radar for, I think it came out in 17, so a few years now. Uh, I do have multiple people that have seen it that said it's it's just amazing. It's an awesome show. So I don't fault you for putting that on your number one as I fault you for putting The Expanse as your number two. Just kidding. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh damn just kidding no but it, yeah I, this would definitely be something more up my alley than the expanse would for sure me personally yeah the way it's shot the time era or the i'm sorry the era not the time era i don't know what a time era is <laughs> um 80s you know it's kind of got the stranger things kind of vibes going on with all you know the goofy clothes they're wearing and the goofy haircuts they had back then but all the wrestling names all the gear they wear it's just classic and the cast actually is Allison Brie is one of my crushes. Uh, I'm sure many. She can. is cute. She's pretty cute. Uh, the uh, Liberty Bell, she's also pretty good looking. Um, and Awesome Kong, actually, an actual a- AEW professional wrestler, plays the wel- the welfare queen, and she is lovely in this role. 
Awesome is that Kia, Kia Stevens? Is that Awesome Kong? I... Formerly Karma? Yes, it is. Yes. I wasn't sure of her actual name. I don't know yeah. the I don't the second female you mentioned, I believe you're referring to Kate Nash, who she's uh, British. Is that Betty Gilpin? Mm. Oh, okay. Her name. She plays Debbie and Liberty Bell. Gotcha. So Kate Nash, I noticed, was in there as well. Um, she's a singer songwriter, and I thought that was weird. Uh there's a rapper named Watsky. And she actually did a song with Watsky. So it's a nice. weird, like, you know, um, what's that Kevin Bacon thing? Like, it's one of those things. Six degrees. Yeah, it's one of those things. Gotcha. It's not Kevin uh, Bacon, but it's like one of those things. The, uh, I'm pretty sure he might not be the biggest star in the show. I, I feel like Alison Brie is the main protagonist in the show. But her and Liberty Bell kind of switch off roles and they'll in some episodes they'll completely go off the rails and do like an episode on, you know, one of the other performers and then it'll be all about them. So it's kind of cool to see the different dynamic and personalities that are meshing together. And what I feel is like probably a real wrestling locker room and it's just full of ladies that are, you know, trying to get their airtime and trying to get their spots in. And sometimes they disagree. Sometimes they're, you know, backing each other up and stuff, but, it's like a melting pot of comedy, drop, thriller, sports. So it's kind of it's got something for everybody, but the tone is overall kind of dark humor, I guess you would say. But it's okay. definitely a dramedy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fire that up. How many seasons? I believe there's four. Four, yeah. Four. Okay. And my, I will I will mention my favorite. This is probably no surprise either. My favorite character in the cast is the actual he owns or funds the federation but he's also the ring announcer and commentator and he is just a delight to watch how biased (laughs) (laughs) hey we gotta stick together man (laughs) hard hard times out here if anybody didn't know wade does ring announcing (laughs) i'm trying trying to i'm trying to clue them into why you're picking that choice so that would be your number one pick in the show if we were to break down the show. Just a ring announcer. We got two number ones in one pick. Yeah, oh, I, I would. I would say, I keep. I think it's. I forget his name in the show. It's super goofy name. They call him like Cash or. Well, said Bash Howard. Bash. A Bash, Bash Chris, Howard production. Chris Lowell. Chris the actor. Just the way it's it's just super old school, and the way he announces everybody just makes me laugh. Just all the whole episode. <laughs> all right, we need to be moving on here, but great pick, and we're gonna go to the first of two segments. Kind of instead of honorable and dishonorable this week, we're gonna do a binge choice. So this is going to be a show that we has been on our radar. We want to binge it, but we haven't yet. So without further ado, Jim, what is your binge uh, want? I don't know. I didn't uh, have a better word. Than <laughs> binge desire. There you go. Um, so mine is going to be, uh, so I am a big Star Trek fan. Uh, I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan 
And I was really, really excited to watch the show when I found out it was coming out and then really disappointed and heartbroken to find out it was going to be on CBS All Access and I was not going to be able to watch it. But it's Star Trek Discovery. Um, I wouldn't call it the most recent installment uh, in the Star Trek TV show verse, um, but it is definitely one of the newer stuff that's happening uh, because, you know, now we have Picard um, that just dropped. But yeah, uh, Star Trek Discovery is... uh, one that I've always wanted to watch, but I don't really feel like subscribing to another service. I say that as I just recently got Disney Plus, but you know, Disney Plus I actually have other stuff that I would watch on it. CBS All Access, I can't imagine. But yeah, because I'm a big Star Trek fan, I used to love watching. Kid, um, you know, I, I got into uh, later in life into uh, the the Next Generation. Uh, you know, with Captain Picard and all that. And, and I, that's where I really, I think fell in love with what Star Trek was. Um, and then, you know, they came out, JJ Abrams did the new, the new movies, which weren't super well received. Um, but I was a real big fan of them. Uh, I like the way that they were shot. I love the way that they looked the characters were great. Cause it, it reprised some old characters with some recognizable faces now. And this is when I saw Star Trek discovery, I, I saw that this was going to look, Looks somewhat similar. I, I I can't imagine it being as actiony because if anybody knows, like the Star Trek TV series are not meant to be action packed. They're not made to be actiony. They're not, you know, in and of itself an action series. It's that some of the shows can be a little bit slower, you know. But I, I just I wanted to see what they would do with today's technology on a show that you know many people grew up watching. Like my dad grew up watching Star Trek, and he got me into it. You know, so therefore, I grew up watching Star Trek. Um, so I want to see what they can do with a show like that. I've heard mixed reviews about Star Trek Discovery. Um, but, you know, I, I tend to kind of put that stuff to the wayside and, and kind of take things as, as you know, inform my own opinions about it. And so this is, would be one of those. So I, I imagine I would really enjoy it if I got, got a chance to watch it. But I've really been wanting to watch this for a long time. I have no comment on this. Discovery is I'm trying to think. I've Are seen you? more of Picard, and I'm more interested in that for some reason. And the show Picard, or like just the character Picard? Both. Okay. Is Picard um, in Discovery? No, no. Discovery okay. is set before the uh, the original Enterprise, before Kirk and Spock and, and the, ah. the characters of the original series. So this is. You know, this is set. I don't know where it's set uh, in terms of like, because there's other ones that are, and, and I'm spacing the, the names of them now, uh, which series it is. Um, I'm, I don't know where it's set because there's another series that happened like long before, and it was like the, the beginning stages of uh, of like the Federation and 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 uh, and our exploration in space um, and stuff like that. I just don't remember the. Uh, the actual show, but it's set before 10 years before the, the events of Kirk and Spock and all that good stuff. So, okay. I I'm super into this type of space exploration, space adventure, kind of science fiction stuff. Uh, uh, similar to the expanse. I know star Trek obviously came way before I, I used to watch first generation and even some deep space nine back in the day. I think I started deep space nine. And I enjoy the newer movie, the J.J. Abrams movies. Uh, maybe not the newest one, but I, I can I can get some entertainment out of 
some Star Trek stuff. So this might be something I'd like to jump into as well. Yeah. No, this one looks really cool. I mean, to see what they can do, like I said, with today's technology and, and alien and stuff like that. Because you could see it in the new Star Trek movies. They still kept them humanoid to keep yeah. that same, like, charm that we, you know, we all grew up with the original Star Trek stuff. Because, like, you know, everything was so limited. Like, the, uh, uh, the, the most... I think unhumanoid thing that we got was like the, I think it's the Zorn, uh, the Zorn or the Gorn, whoever, whichever one it is that fights, uh, one of those in the original Gorns. series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's whichever one that Kirk fights, you know, and then, um, we got like the, uh, the glowing like cloud, uh, uh, which was referenced in Futurama, uh, like entity that trapped him on, on the planet. So Whoa. yeah, I'm, a, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a nerd. Oh yeah, it is the corn. I, I was right. Um, I prefer corn. Corn. Uh, I don't like it because it passes through. Yeah, the band corn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That. Oh. <laughs> I what, love corn. What can I say? I was feeling like a freak on a leash. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Both of you have, stop it. Have right they now. done any other songs? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> it was my first uh, my first live concert that I ever got, they got a dubstep album out now <laughs> weird with, with all uh, what's his name Sonny Moore Skrillex oh that's right alright let's move on <laughs> before we go down a different topic yeah, I hope you enjoyed our, our corn uh, all of our corn jokes our corn topic those were corny yes. away from me. I'm quitting cool <laughs> <laughs> We're now taking auditions for a third member. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no one could replace Jim. My binge, my binge desire, my want to binge choice is going to be a show on Hulu that has been out for a Hulu. few years. And I, it's kind of been low on my radar, but it's definitely worked its way up recently. My brother, I think my brother started watching it recently as well. But it's going to be Ozark with Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Have you guys heard of Ozark? That's, I haven't. I think I've been that, hearing good things about it. Actually, it was my pick as well. <laughs> oh, no way! Oh, yeah. Uh, but it is... I. It's on Netflix, not Hulu. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, you're oh, right. So when you said Hulu, I was like, oh, yeah, this will be cool. But you're right. You're right. Ozark, I was like, wait a minute. You're right. Yep, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, my bad, this, my bad. Netflix. This, this has been... I've been told by my parents, everybody I know, to get into this show. And I've been hearing comparisons to Breaking Bad, which is one of my favorite shows yes. of all time. So uh, I got to get into it now. So, Jim, have you heard of this? I have heard of it. Um, I've been, as of, as of just recently, hearing like a lot of fantastic things about it. I guess like the new season just dropped and people have been binging it. Uh, and it's left them in suspense. So it, it's, kind of, it's kind of piqued my interest. So I'm curious to see what you guys are going to say about it. So for anybody who don't know, I'll read the plot, the, the summary real quick. So it says Jason Bateman is Marty, Marty Byard. Is that how you say it? Do you know? Bird? Bird, probably. B- Birdie? I don't know. Anyway, uh, a financial Bird. planner who relocates his family from Chicago to a summer resort community in the Ozarks with wife Wendy and their two kids in tow. Marty is on the move after a money laundering scheme goes wrong, forcing him to pay off a substantial debt to a Mexican drug lord in order to keep his family safe. While, while his family's fate hangs in the balance, the dire circumstances force the fractured family to reconnect. So it does sound very Breaking Bad-esque. Uh, and I also see a, a thing here, Jim, you were talking about the new season. 
this uh, this headline from Variety says the season three opens to even bigger ratings than Tiger King premiere. Which oh, is, whoa, 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 Which Tiger no King? Way. Everybody knows Tiger King by now, so just another reason yeah, for us to watch yeah. it, right, Wade? <laughs> oh yeah. I say after maybe not after this, but you know, sometime when we're not podcasting, when we're not schooling, when we're not being parental units, <laughs> we could have a little uh, little watch party on some Ozark. Hey, we're finally bringing that back. <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk about doing a watch party. We're, we're giving those empty promises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying for fans. I'm saying just the three of us. Um, so let me let me let me throw this out as well because I was kind of looking up some stuff on here. Uh, Jason Bateman also directs. First of all, I love Jason Bateman in general. So Jason, I was going to say, I was like, I know you have a hard on for Jason. Uh, maybe boner. Maybe. Big old Bateman boner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Master Bateman. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> Too far. Yep. Well, he's probably the, the best, so he's a Master Bateman, right? <laughs> he's so, probably knighted in England, so he's anyway. probably Sir Master Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so, here... The series has received 14 Primetime Emmy Award nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series. Jason Bateman won Outstanding Directing for a Drama Series. And Julia Garner won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Uh, It also received uh, two Golden Globe nominations for Best Actor Television Series Drama. Uh, Jason Bateman did. So it's it's climbing up the... I don't know. I feel like it stayed kind of quiet. Like people don't talk about it nearly as much as they talk about Breaking Bad or Tiger King now or something, but it's still right. up there. This one's kind of really flown under the radar. Yeah, so I think I owe it to myself to to kick this off and start. Yeah, Those... I don't want to let my parents down. <laughs> they they have pretty good taste. My wife and I have been on like a crime binge. Not a not a not us Whoa! on a crime binge, but <laughs> oh, Bonnie and Clyde, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, uh, I hope the FBI isn't listening. But no, I mean, I we, they are. we've talked about this. Uh, they already know where I am. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, we talked about this in previous episodes where we watched like Making a Murderer and, and stuff like that. So I feel like this, while it's not a documentary, you know, based off of a real thing that I know of, it's still in that crime genre. And I feel like maybe it'll scratch that itch for us. There it is. I was going to ask Wade what's yours, but we already know. Yeah, I forgot. It Josh is Ozark really on it. Netflix. <laughs> uh, yeah, not who. Oh, tell me about it, Wade. <laughs> I uh, I actually wanted to, so I was just literally surfing last night through all the platforms to start a new binge watch. Mm-hmm. And there was a few things that I was considering putting here, but I think they started off on like network TV before, so I couldn't. Uh, Mr. Robot is one. Um, Watchmen, the new Watchmen series I want to see. But that's HBO, I think. Yeah, HBO's. But weird. I don't know if that counted. Yeah, I was like HBO. I, I was gonna put Barry on there, but it, it was Ooh. on HBO. Yeah, so I think HBO. I think Mr. Robot was. Oh, it was on USA. Yeah, you're right. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's another one that I need to watch too. But all right, let's go to our final segment of the night, which is Ooh. Jim. Remind me what I called it again. 
view, 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 <laughs> view it, it or screw it. View it or screw it. Or screw it. I don't know why it's country, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went pretty hillbilly with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, yeah, you got me in the dueling banjos. <laughs> Show number one is going to be on Hulu. We're going to start off on Hulu. Hulu. Since we for real this time, is it not? Yes, since we weren't there on the last. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Hulu didn't get any love from us this time. It's going to be a show called Castle Rock. Now, let me read the uh, plot synopsis of it, and then I'll let you guys uh, decide whether you want to view it or screw it. Uh, the Stephen King multiverse is the setting for this psychological horror series that takes place in Castle Rock, Maine, which is located familiar to fans of King's work. Castle Rock explores themes and worlds that unite King's canon including the infamous Shawshank prison. An anonymous phone call lures death row attorney Henry Deaver back to Castle Rock. He is unsettled by his hometown, but he returns to help a sinister, mostly mute man by being kept in a cage underneath Shawshank. Sissy Spacek and Bill Skarsgård, who starred in feature adaptations of King's Carrie and It, respectively, are among Ooh. the show's stars. Nice. I have heard of this one. I don't, uh, I don't get into Stephen King that much. I don't think, but I'd be willing to. I like when they take multiple movies and multiple series and like bring them into one world. So I, I think I'd give it a shot. Plus, I like psychological psychological horrors. I'm also a big fan of Bill Skarsgård, so I might watch it to see his performance and see how he is. Um, but my biggest thing about Stephen King is he is. He's a phenomenal writer and stuff, but he's slow. It's slow to get into his stuff. It takes a while for it, like for his stuff to build. Yeah, and I'm afraid that that might be what kills me in it. Because usually, if I'm like from the beginning, yeah, Jim doesn't then, uh, watch a lot of stuff. He can't. I don't. I don't feel like you can, you can commit to a lot of stuff because I've tried to get you to watch stuff, and it's so hard. And then we've talked about it in the past. Yeah, before too, how hard it is for me to like. Because I still haven't finished Breaking Bad. I started watching Breaking Bad, and I got to the same spot I did last time. And then I ended up, uh, like, just just taking a break from it. Because I was like, I, I watched so much of it. And then I just never picked it back up. That was and relatively so recent, too. That was, like a, that was, like, last year or something. Yeah. When yeah. you restarted. No, and I, yeah. And I, and I still and I got to the same spot again. And I oh my just God. can't. If I'm, not, if I'm not hooked from the beginning, which I was with Breaking Bad, then, you know, unfortunately, I just, I, I don't know what it is about TV shows. So a lot of the TV I watch or either if you notice like Disenchantment was like a, an animated series that was only 30 minutes long The Mandalorian I was able to binge all at night uh, Love Death and Robots is kind of a one-off where you can watch it every so often you know if you look at like the, the history of like a lot of the TV series and stuff I watch they're all very much you know shorter or not as as like in engrossed you know so now that you got all that out Jim. You dang kids and your dang attention spans. So, so yeah, I would watch Castle Rock though. I would start it and see how it, how it went from there. Okay. Wait. I too would. Uh, I'd, I'd give this a view. I'd view it for sure. Stephen King does have a slow build, but once you get to the build, it's like a dagger in the heart. He's just twisting, and you're like, "What am I watching? What just happened?" And it's it's kind of unsettling, but I kind of like that feeling sometimes when watching stuff. 
and to see a scars guard on screen i'm always down for that uh if we want to talk hard ons jim i i, <laughs> I prefer alexander but uh, oh Ooh. over bill yes i loved him in uh the it movies and i think oh, that's dude. where like my appreciation for bill scars guard really uh came into fruition yeah pennywise is him as pennywise is the most that's the most terrifying thing i've ever seen in my life oh it's fantastic it's so but, like i would i would want to see how he how he is and so yes i don't want to watch it all right for him. we're gonna stay on hulu we're gonna stay on the dark side of hulu Ooh. with which is funny for a name like hulu with the path so the path stars aaron paul of Breaking Bad fame as Jesse Pinkman. Uh, he stars as Eddie Lane, a member of a new age spiritualist movement known as Mayorism. Uh, unbeknownst to his wife and children who are also members of the movement, Eddie has a vision about Mayorism's founder that causes him to have a crisis of faith right as he is expected to advance further up the spiritual ladder. Eddie decides to secretly meet with the mayorist defector, causing his wife, Michelle Monaghan, who was in Wet Hot American Summer, Jim. Is that Moynihan? Yes. Uh, an important figure in mayorism to become suspicious. As the movement grows exponentially worldwide, Eddie is forced to face the question of whether he can grow with mayorism without becoming a cult leader. I am typically a sucker for anything cult or occult rela- related. Uh, a great limited series called Waco about the Branch Davidians and David Koresh just came out on Netflix. Uh, anyway, uh, anything like this, Josh I, is fighting so hard not to say anything about it. Yeah. Ooh. I, I literally just finished it before we started recording. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's view it. I'm going to go ahead and view it. This is going to be a hundred percent view for me. Uh, granted, I just finished Waco. I am also a sucker for cults and, and the occult like and stuff. Uh, nice. It just f- religious fanatics just fascinate me, and the the topic of like fanatical groups and stuff. Plus, it's Aaron Paul. Let's let's see what he's got outside of Jesse Pinkman. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know if I'm going to be quite as into this kind of stuff. I appreciate the cult stuff every now and again, um, but I just don't know if this one would grasp my interest as much it's fair i'm it also does. not as big of like drama show type of deals so i don't know i think i'm gonna i think i'm on this one so you're gonna what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna screw it there you go i'm gonna say screw it i'm gonna pass on this one there he goes uh, is there a third option where we can pick screw to it so like <laughs> we'll, put it on. we'll put it on but like, it's in the background while we're screwing you have to wait for our first netflix choice which is right now uh, we're going to move to Netflix where I guess, I guess you could Netflix and chill. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa, there you go. The Netflix documentary series, I believe is called wild, wild country. And this oh. is bringing it more sticking with kind of like the religious fanatic. So wait, I think I might know your answer to this, but, uh, it is, uh, The synopsis says, when a controversial guru builds a utopian city in the Oregon desert, it causes a massive conflict with local ranchers. 
This docuseries chronicles the conflict, which leads to the first bioterror attack in the United States and a massive case of illegal wiretapping. It is a, a pivotal but largely forgotten time in American cultural history that tested the country's tolerance for the separation of church and state. And it's uh, executively produced by the Duplass brothers. If you're familiar with uh, Mark and Jay Duplass. For those who aren't, what else have they done? Uh, well, Mark Duplass has done uh, Jeff Who Lives at Home, Safety Not Guaranteed, and he's done some other stuff. Sorry, I'm trying to pull some stuff up. While I'm looking it up, what do you say, Jim? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm I'm quite into like a lot of political stuff, and that's kind of what the documentary or what, no, like, what your description sounded. Like to me, is it had some political undertones based out of politics and stuff like that. And I'm probably gonna say no, I'm gonna screw it, I'm not gonna watch it. All right, Wade, this is maybe something I'd try to get into. Mm. I'm not sure how long I'd last. Like, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a view, just give it a, give it a little shot. I agree. I think uh, the whole how the country could basically potentially misfire or um, when they do things wrong and people call them out for it. I think it's an interesting uh, topic. And I feel like, Jim, you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not watch stuff like this to stay in the dark. I don't know. That's just me. But. It's also, it looks like it might be a little slow. So that might be another thing. That would be my concern. Sounds like a crow outside, but I think that's a kid. Anyway, I'm going to give it a view it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll be kind of like you with the path, Jim. Uh, I'm, I'll see how it goes and we'll go from there. Oh, you mean uh, kind of thing. Castle Rock? Or Castle, yeah, whatever. That one. Yes. I'm not on it today, I guess. <laughs> So number four, we're going to be looking at uh, going back to Amazon Prime. We're going to be looking at Homecoming. Homecoming is Julia Roberts in her first TV series role of her career. Whoa. She stars uh, as Heidi Bergman, a caseworker at Homecoming, a facility that helps soldiers transition back to civilian life. She leaves homecoming to start a new life living with her mother and working as a small-town waitress. Years later, the Department of Defense questions why she left, which makes Heidi realize that there's a whole other story behind the one that she's been telling herself. So it's kind of like that... Uh, it, it almost seems like conspiracy-ish. Where she leaves, and then I, I guess she goes back and finds out there's more to it. But uh, me being me being a military guy, I'd 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 be interested. I saw this uh, as an ad, and and it sparked my interest. I'd be uh, there's so many series out there now. I'd be hesitant to commit to more than I could chew. So again, like Jim with uh, the first one, I'd I'd be hesitant, but I'd give it I'd give it an episode and see kind of how it went. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think this is another one that just wouldn't really like spark my interest. Uh, to be completely honest, 
I'm very difficult when it comes to TV shows. <laughs> uh, and this just doesn't seem like it would be uh, be up my alley. So you're going so, to? I'm going to say screw it. I'm going to pass on this one as well. Okay. Wade? So just to touch on your, um, you know, there there are hundreds of thousands of things that we could be watching nowadays, especially. But I did see this trailer, and this trailer definitely piqued an interest in me. Um, so I feel like the way that trailers are shot now really need to be really good uh, because there are so many things that are out now. So if anything really draws you in in some way, I feel like you should maybe give it a shot just right off the bat. I don't know. This yeah. does seem like a darker show, though, like having to deal with a lot of PTSD and anxieties and very, you know, not stigmatized type things, but I don't know. Yeah. But it, it does sound from the description, it sounds like there's a lot to unravel and unpack within it. So I might be willing to view it, give it a shot and view it. Because Julia Roberts, you can't, it's her first series. You, you got you got to see what that's like, at least. That seems fascinating. Yeah. She's a good actress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not knocking that. Yeah. <clears throat> so Wade, final answer. View it. All right. Moving along, we're going to stay in Amazon for the next couple choices here. The next one is going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be view it because it's been on my radar for years. Uh, it's going to be The Man in the High Castle. The Man in the High Castle is based off of uh, a Philip, uh, sorry, a novel by Philip K. Dick. Um, and it takes a look at what the world might look like had the outcome of World War II turned out differently. In this dystopian scenario, the Axis powers won the war, leading to the United States being divided into three parts, an area controlled by the Japanese, a Nazi-controlled section, and a bump buffer zone between the two. Despite the oppression, a new hope emerges when films turn up that seem to show a different world. A woman believes the films contain the key to freedom and is determined to find their mysterious guardian. I'm all about <laughs> World War II history and alternate timelines. I'm, gonna, I'm viewing it. For sure. I, I've i actually started watching the show. Have not finished it yet. Very disappointed in myself. Um, from what I saw, I was just on the edge of my seat for the most part. And I made it maybe halfway through the first season. So I have a lot to go. This almost actually made it onto my want to binge list today. So you're going okay. to so continue yes. to view it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to continue to view it. There's a lot of stuff that's, you know, yeah. I got to view, view before, but right. I'd like to get back to it and see how it, tur what, what other crazy stuff ends up happening. Yeah. Um, Jim, did we win you back? I am, I, I'm right there with you, Josh. I'm a fan of alternate time type of stuff. Cause you know, as, uh, as you guys probably figured out over the course of this episode, I'm a sci-fi fantasy nerd. Yeah. Uh, and so alternate timelines is a thing I'm a, I'm a fan of. So yes, I would uh, be interested to see what the world looked like, uh, barring different events of world war two. So yes, I would probably, I would probably give it, uh, and, uh, take a look, especially now that I'm seeing a big ad for the final season of the man in the high castle. So, Oh, I didn't know it was ending. Interesting. Okay. All right. So yes, <clears throat> we have a unanimous view. 
So second to last, I got two more for you guys. The the, the last one is kind of a, uh, not a joke one, but I'll be interested <laughs> to see. Uh, the next one is the final one on Amazon Prime. It's going to be a series called Hannah. Hannah says... In equal parts high-concept thriller and coming-of-age drama, Hannah follows the journey of an extraordinary young girl raised in the forest as she evades the relentless pursuit of an off-book CIA agent and tries to unearth the truth behind who she is. This is based off of a movie of the same name, so but it is a series on, uh, on Amazon. I think the film was Dakota Fanning, if I remember correctly. Nope, not even close. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it was kind of a recent movie, wasn't it? 2011. Okay, so, not, not I mean, so recent. Wow, almost ten years ago. <laughs> wow, really? Already? Uh, like uh, time time slips away from us, guys. We're getting older. <laughs> yeah, it's getting kind of crazy out here. I don't want to go first this time. What do you, <laughs> Jim? What do you think? Action thriller, CIA agent. See, I feel like. I remember seeing that's so weird that this came out because I feel like I, re- I remembered seeing the uh, the stuff for the movie mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really have an interest in the movie to be honest so I can't see myself having an interest in the series that's either. fair that's fair so I think I'm gonna pass I'm gonna yeah I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch I'm gonna I'm gonna have to probably agree as much as the the plot looks interesting and stuff and the fact that they made a series out of the movie tells me maybe the movie didn't explain enough or they were just going off the popularity of um you know the the movie and trying to do that but it was eight years after the movie came out so it's kind of weird but i'm gonna I'm going to pass. I'll spend all my time catching up on The Man in the High Castle, and I'll pass on Hannah. I'm sorry, you're going to what? I'm going to I'm gonna screw it. Okay, okay. <laughs> there it is. I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I'm pretty sure I started watching the movie, but then kind of fell asleep or was distracted or something. I don't know. But I don't even really remember the story from the movie and i'm sure since it's the same person i'm sure it continues or maybe there's a prequel angle to it or they just literally just explain the movie more and they just expand it to a whole series worth of explaining i don't know i'm probably gonna say screw it as well okay interesting all right last but not least gentlemen we are going back, or I guess not back. One of you guys had a choice on this, Jim. I believe it was you. Uh, CBS All Access is CBS's streaming service, and we're looking at the Twilight Zone. Ooh, hosted by Ooh. Jordan Peele. I'm gonna tell you yes already. <laughs> yeah, I think the exclusivity of it alone, and the fact that it's Jordan Peele, of course. Being that it's just only on CBS All Access, whatever that is, <laughs> I gotta find it somehow and try to watch this because it just sounds like a kind of like a an, you know an homage to the obviously an homage to the old show back in the day, mm-hmm. but 
told in a new modern oh, way modern. by yeah. Jordan Peele it just sounds very appealing. It was a genius, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna view the hell out of it. I agree. I'm gonna have to view this too. So funny enough, it came out over the it premiered over a year ago. It premiered April first, two thousand nineteen. But I haven't heard anything about it. Nobody's talked about it. It's because nobody has CBS All Access. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> but I'm sure somebody would have, you know, gotten in their hands on it somehow and talked about it. I just haven't heard it. Like, I literally haven't heard anything about it. So I, I'd be interested. I've heard about Black Mirror. I know Black Mirror is supposed to be like the grittier, dirtier, whatever, uh, more grotesque twilight zone yeah but nothing can beat the original like the og twilight zone but i'd be interested to give it a shot something on the wing (laughs) something and so so we got a unanimous view uh before we wrap this up i did want to mention i'm looking through this and i didn't know there were two other revivals of twilight zone one in uh 19 Let's see, 1985, which ran through 89, and then again in 2002, and ran for a year, or almost a year. Didn't they do a Twilight Zone movie, too? Probably. And then they, they revived it again in uh, in 2019, so this is not the first time they've been down this alley, but like you said, Wade, with, the, uh, with Jordan Peele, I don't know if he has a part in the episode's as well or just as the host but i'd be interested regardless i'd be interested to to check it out we, we're gonna i wonder if it's if throughout its existence the twilight zone and the reboots and everything i wonder if they did it like uh are y'all familiar with doctor who and that on yeah. what's going on with all that so oh, you know how what's it's going on with it but yeah i'm familiar with the show but like the way they do it where they have like a different doctor yeah. every season oh yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. it's something like that I mean, it would make it even cooler, but I'm not sure if they did it in that style of. If Jordan Peele came out and he's like, I'm Rod Serling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to let you guys know, yes, Jordan Peele is credited as one of the creators of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, as the creators, but I'm wondering if he actually like directed one of the episodes or is in part of like the creative I was like, I can imagine he had some say in it. Yeah. So yeah. 20 episodes. Yeah. I'd be interested. Series writing credits. He's got 20 episodes. I know like with the other guys. So cool. Well, that's going to wrap up. View it or screw it. Screw it. Screw it. Screw them all. <laughs> I'm just going to go watch Breaking Bad again. Uh, and not finish it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I finished it. Wait, let's talk about the ending to Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys actually did talk about the ending about them. Probably. When we were recording the first season with my my hands in my ears because I didn't want to hear about the ending. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Maybe. But you owe it to yourself to watch that. It's, it's pretty good. I know, I'm trying. It's just some of these shows we get too wrapped up in and too emotionally invested in. We get to know these characters we get to know their lives and then they can just take it away in an instant. And it kind of, it's taxing, you know, to kind of keep, keep up with it. Well, that's what I certain was, shows, not all shows. See, that's what I was talking about with the, I'm a big swamp thing fan. And they came out with the swamp thing series on DC and 
they canceled it. So I got 10 episodes of Swamp Thing. I'm invested. And now I got nothing. Sad, man. Sad. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to bring the mood down on that. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up there. We appreciate your ears and your uh, attention for this hour and a half or hour or so episode of List This, where we listed our top three streaming service exclusive shows with uh, something that we wanted to binge and then the View It and Screw It segment. If you guys have any suggestions on stuff that you want us to hear list or segments that you might think would be interesting for certain topics, you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at list this podcast and give us a follow or a like on those platforms. For me personally, you can follow me at on Twitter at Jaws X Bird. You'll see a lot of wrestling content and a lot of me tweeting at celebrities, hoping that they'll tweet back. <laughs> and so how's that going for you? So far, not great. <laughs> but I'm still optimistic. Shocking. Shocking. You gotta you gotta start with the smaller celebs. You gotta smart yeah, you gotta start with uh, I tweeted uh, Brandon Coulter, who's a wrestler for AEW, and he didn't tweet back. So Cutler? Cutler, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Cutler. And you call yourself a wrestling fan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely not the undertaker i'll give him that dang jim where can we not follow yet. you <laughs> hey you can uh follow me on both instagram and twitter i'll somewhat more active but you can follow me on both platforms at hold majimbles for more fun wrestling uh wrestling content tweets stuff um but yeah you can also uh, add me at uh jim metamoros on facebook too so there's all my social media platform stuff I'm surprised. I'm surprised we don't have uh, a wrestling podcast yet, boys. Just saying. We should. You can follow me <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, either at Wade of the World or at Wade Hunt Voice. For all of us that list this, we appreciate your time, and we will see you next time on List This, where we list and you listen. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much.